Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lens Sense. I'm here with Lilia, and I'm Seth, and we are going to have some great conversation today. Yes, let's begin with where we left off last episode. Uh, I believe my question was, um, you know, as an adoptive parent, how do you feel about those who say something to the effect that natural parents have a a closer bond or the possibility of a closer bond with their children that, uh, you know, adoptive parents could never have? Yeah, so um, that's something you hear a lot. And as an adoptive parent, I get that question a lot. Um, Really? uh, Yeah. So um, that's a rude question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you wouldn't be surprised at the number of rude questions that adoptive parents get asked. You know, because like I, I ask because I've, I've read that somewhere. I didn't realize that people actually ask that. Like. I thought it was, you know, like we're in the South and yeah, not, not everything we think we say out loud uh-huh. because we're trying to be nice. Right. But you, uh, you might see people's facial expressions. Like, I bet they think these things <laughs> judging. Oh, no, for, but for whatever reason, oh. people tend to be pretty direct with adoptive parents and the questions, I mean, they're, I don't, I don't really get offended because I know that they're asking the questions because they genuinely are curious and there's just a lot of misinformation and a lot and a big lack of understanding um, that circulates out there. So I'm okay answering the questions, but in like the adoptive community groups that I'm in, it's, it's funny the, the complaints that, um, that everybody shares or, um, you can find tons of, of blog articles. Um, I even did one for um, Ofaro's um, not too long ago about what not to say to an adoptive parent um, because they're comments that you actually hear. But yeah, I get a lot of questions um, kind of about that kind of thing, which all my children are adopted. So when they learn, when they, when they find that out, then they're like, oh, well, how do you know if you love them as much as you would a biological child? <laughs> um, That's, I which, mean, a fair question as a child, but like as somebody asking you outside of your family, that's just kind of rude. <laughs> yeah, it, it it feels challenging. Like, I think they're genuinely curious, but it it inadvertently kind of communicates this idea that maybe your family is not legitimate. Um, Like if they ask that question, how do you know if you love your children as much as a bio parent would love their children? Um, It, the feeling that the adoptive parent, at least the feeling that feels communicated to me is that um, there's a question of legitimacy there because of the bonds that um, you're building, whether or not they're as strong as a, as a natural a normative family that's biological. Um, and so, yeah, the question itself is, is a little bit um, awkward when, when being asked. And I can cognitively, I can in my mind know that they're asking because they're genuinely curious. And, and most of the time, they're not aware or even a, intending to communicate that idea of, of questioning legitimacy. 
but I think that's the way a lot of adoptive parents would feel that question. Yeah. Um, and so what's I, been I your answer? What now? Well, so what's been your response? Well, I tell them, you know, obviously I can't speak from experience because I don't have a biological child, <laughs> but um, I can tell you that I can't imagine loving a child more than what I love my children. You know, um, I would, you know, step in front of a bus for them. Yeah. I would, I would go through, uh, I would walk through hell and high water <laughs> for them. Um, I want what's best for them. I grieve with them. Uh, you know, when they're sad, I'm sad. When they're happy, I'm happy. Um, there are a lot of those emotions that are conveyed and, and, you know, I have a lot of, uh, adoptive friends who have both biological and adoptive, um, children and, and we've had this discussion amongst ourselves, you know, and I've, I don't know that any of my friends have told me or have, have made any indication that there was any difference between the love that they have for their bio kids versus their adopted kids. Um, now, I will say that I think any parent understands that you love your kids differently, each one. So like, you know, we always joke about, you know, which is the favorite child, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you, you know, you yeah. may grow up and say, you know, I'm mom's favorite or, or whatever. And we give my mom a hard time saying that my brother is her favorite because he was her first. And, um, you know, my <laughs> sister and I, we always joke and we're like, yeah, Matt can do no wrong, you know, cause he, cause he's, he's the golden child. And, um, so there's, you know, you joke about the kid that's like your favorite child. And I think that there are ways that, in a sense, there's some favoritism because everybody has different personalities and, you know, you get along differently. You know, you have siblings that two siblings may get along better than an older one or a younger one or whatever. And, and so you relate differently. So in, in one sense, you know, you, your love is different for each child. It's not to say that it's less or more for each child, but it's just different. There's a different mm -hmm. way of connecting, you know, with one child, um, we like to watch TV together and movies and, and talk about what's coming out. And another child, we like to do crafts together and, and things like that. Another child is interested in things that I'm not interested in. And so there's, there's all these different personalities that, that kind of go together. And yeah. so that may dictate the time or the investment as far as time and energy in those activities. But for me, that's not a matter of I'm loving this child more or less. And I think when it comes to biological versus adopted kids, I think that's the primary factor at play, um, at least from my conversations with other families who have both bio and, and adoptive kids, and um, that there's not that they love one more than the other, but they relate differently to each of their children, if that makes sense. What are your thoughts, Lily? Well, you know, I always felt like... I always felt very close with my mother, but I never felt like, or I should say mom, because I, I don't want to confuse anybody. Um, <laughs> I usually refer to my mom that adopted me as mom and my birth uh -huh. mother as mother, but um, I've always felt very close with my mom. And then I, I, I must've been reading an article or something that started talking about like the bond of a birth mother and her child from before birth mm -hmm. 
And I thought that was interesting because I, you know, like biologically, you know, being in a womb for nine months. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's no recollection of being inside the womb, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I, I felt like there was something that I could never have that was something I could never have with my mom that adopted me. Mm. Um, but she was there when I was born. Like, yeah, I, I was literally handed to her after right. my birth mother gave birth to me. So I think, <clears throat> I think that's a very valid consideration and thought. Um, I mean, I, as an adoptive parent, there are, like, I remember, <clears throat> I'll tell a brief little anecdote here, but I remember soon after we, <clears throat> I'm sorry, soon after we adopted um, my, my son, it was our first adoption. And I remember that the social worker who had originally brought him to our house um, told us that she wanted to drop off some of his things that she had collected from a previous placement whenever he was in foster care. And so she brought this bag by that had, that had clothes in it. And so as I was going through and looking at the clothes, I found this little onesie um, that was his. And I remember looking at it and how small it was and feeling robbed. Cause in my mind, I thought I, I won't have this memory of my child being this small. Um, I won't have pictures, you know, and, and, you know, my recent adoption, we adopted him and he was 13 when we finalized his adoption. We have no pictures of him before he was 11 years old. Um, and it's, it, it feels lost. You feel deprived of that. You, you know, there's no Christmas pictures where you're together. There's not, you know, um, birthdays and family get togethers and, you know, first day of school and all of these different things that you don't have. And I just remember with, with Cruz, I remember looking at that, that little onesie that was in that bag. And I just sat on the floor of his room crying because as a dad, I thought I won't have this memory with my child. For me, it was a matter of, well, jealousy of um, sadness of loss, because I wanted that with him. But not having those moments didn't lessen my love for him. And so I definitely think there is a sense of loss that adoptive parents and adopted kids have not, you know, even though there's not memory of it, but not having that ingrained primitive experience, knowing that you didn't have it, knowing that you didn't have that connection, that you weren't together then, it does, it does provoke a sense of loss and grief in you. And, and, um, but I think it's important to distinguish between not having something and the amount of love that you're able to, to love someone. So like we can form really strong bonds and still um, have loss. And actually, you know, a lot of the bonds that we build, we build because of shared experiences. So while a bio mom and a bio child may have that knowledge of, you know, I carried you for nine months in my womb uh, or I was in mama's belly for nine months 
the adopted parent and the adoptive child both share in the loss of, man, we didn't get to have this together, but there's still that shared sense of experience, if that makes sense. And I think that is that part of bond making is just as just as strong, depending on on each person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Great commentary. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, I was going to. I was going to say, um, so you, you talk a lot about, you know, the, the amount of love, but my question is, do you feel like as far as closeness, just Mm -hmm. because you're adoptive parent doesn't mean that you're not just as close as parents, natural parents are with their children. Um, I think that is a matter of, um, and pardon the cliche <laughs> kind of statement, but I think it's it's a little bit apples to oranges. Um, whenever we say adoptive relationships versus bio relationships between parents and child, um, it seems logical. It seems like a, a, a clear division to say, you know, how can this parent who's adoptive or bio love or bond with their child and be as close with their child as the child who's a, you know, bio or adopted. It seems logical. It seems like an appropriate division, but I think that's, that's a poor way of looking at it because it doesn't allow for all of the complexities of just human emotion and human experience. Um, On a, from a psychological perspective, you know, one thing that we talk a lot about is attachment Um, and attachment theory is something that has been um, incredibly important um, in recent years, particularly for um, the types of therapies that are um, that are utilized for adoptive families um, because that attachment bond is the bond we're talking about. The, the that feeling of being connected to your parent attached healthily attached to to the between the two people and so rather than saying you know adoptive parent versus bio parent or adopted child versus bio child um with that with that pairing with their parent I think it's more important we have to look at what are the attachment styles of the parent what are the attachment styles of the child what are the limitations there what are the what are the hurdles because yes even parents who have multiple natural children, they're not going to be there. There's levels of closeness with mm-hmm. each child, like, and it's possible for them not to have as close of a bond, you know, yeah. uh, and like environment changes everything. Um, that's true. Like yeah. you have, you have parents who, you know, a bio parent, let's, let's give a scenario here. You have a bio bio family, you know, just a, a normal, a normative biological parent and child, um, you know, two, let's say two parent home and three children. Um, the oldest child has certain memories with that parent, connections with that parent. Um, but over time, interests change, experiences change, socioeconomic class may change. Um, the home they live in changes, the, the culture outside that home, whether they move um, a considerable amount from where they were, you know, with the subcultures, if they move out of the South, you know, over to the Midwest or to the East Coast, or, you know, there's, there's all these different 
factors of the environment that affect that. And then if you take into consideration any loss or traumatic experiences, you know, you have, you have situations where the older child will have a great bond with their parents, but the youngest child is embittered towards them because, you know, maybe um, they had a, they experienced a, a loss. Maybe the, the mom had a miscarriage and dealt with some considerable depression after that and withdrew from her family and wasn't, you know, very active. Um, and then that affects that bond. So all of those different environments that come into play are going to affect how we attach to each other and our, that style. Yeah. So That's like, a great point. I, I feel like I've met a lot of families where, you know, either way could it like, they were either closer with their older children or closer with their younger children. Mm-hmm. Um, and for different reasons, but yeah, that's a great example. Like that's a great point. Um, so you're saying overall, it doesn't matter if you're a biological parent or an adoptive parent, it's more so has to do with attachment styles and, and then other factors. Yeah, that, that would be my answer, you know, and I'm I'm not going to say, you know, that I'm um, infallible, that I can't be wrong, but based on my education, my knowledge, my experience, uh, the things that I've, I've read and, and studied, that would be my answer to that question is that it's, it's less about whether or not you're blood related and more about how you attach and how you meet each other's needs. Um, you know, part of attachment theory is, is being able to meet the needs of your child. So when a child cries, the mother goes to the, the child. When the child is hungry, the mother feeds them. When the child is mm-hmm. thirsty, you know, the dad gives her drink, you know. So meeting those needs those primal needs. And then also as they get older, those additional needs that come with development, um, that child develops an attachment to their parent. Um, It's when those needs aren't met and when there's issues with that, that we encounter problems. And so when it comes to adoption, obviously there is disrupted attachment. It's going to be more difficult to attach to that adopted child, um, more so the older the child is when they come into your home, um, just because you don't have that opportunity to meet those primal needs in the early parts of development. But there's always with attachment going with adoption going to be some a form of disrupted attachment. And so the adoptive parent has to put in some extra work, uh, um, make additional sacrifices, I think, mm-hmm. spend a lot of emotional energy um, that's one thing that adoptive parents, we talk about a lot is the, is the huge amount of emotional energy it costs to adequately care for our children, especially those who have gone through some pretty significant uh, disrupted attachment and trauma um, to help them overcome some of those, those things. Um, not that we can take away the pain or remove the wound or erase the scar, but to help them not let those things be so limiting so that they can actually yeah. function in society and in relationships. So it does take, I think only adopt the part of the adoptive parent, a, a good bit more work um, and considerably more depending on how old the child is when they come into the home. Um, but it's, but as far as possibility, it is definitely possible. Um, there's, there's, 
definitely the potential there to build just the same um, bonds that you would for a natural born child, a biological child. Um, yeah. But I think it's important to distinguish between the what's possible and what's probable. Um, sadly, I think in a lot of situations, parents don't bond with their adopted child or the child with their parent as much as bio families mm-hmm. do because of a lack of support for the family, training for the family, a mm-hmm. lack of investment um, by the by the parents. It takes a lot of work. And I don't want to scare anybody considering adoption or, or or whatever, but it does. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy yeah. to do that. And if and if you're not willing to put in that work and energy and put in, you know, the what it takes, then you probably won't get those types of bonds. You know, you won't get that that strength of attachment. Um, but yeah, I think it a lot of it comes down to the attachment styles of each person and the work that parents are putting into attempt into bonding with their children. Yeah, so now you've got me wanting to like interview a mixed family and what I mean by mixed family, like a family who has natural born children and then adopted children. (laughs) Uh Do you think, well, I don't know how to phrase the question because I don't know if I want to know the percentage or, but um, do you think there's a lot of mothers with both adoptive and natural children that feel guilt for feeling like it's a little bit easier to bond with their natural children? Definitely. I I, I don't know percentages or anything like that, but I would definitely assume um, and expect that there is a lot of that. that, um, So I, I, I do know families that have natural born and then adoptive children Mm-hmm. And from an outsider's perspective, just a few of them really do seem like they're closer and they post a lot more about their natural children. And this, mm-hmm. these are children that come after their adoptive children. What, and it, I mean, it's kind of regardless of, I, you know, whether they adopted because they couldn't have children mm-hmm. or, you know, like not looking at that, just looking at how they post Public about their kids, or, like from yeah. my, my outside perspective, looking into mm-hmm. theirs, it just seems like they are closer with their natural children mm-hmm. than their adoptive Um yeah, I think a lot of that depends on the family. Like, for instance, um, I have a friend who has uh, adopted children and biological children. And I remember her um, kind of complaining that uh, she was that people were messaging her about why do you post more you know, of this child and not any of this child? Do you love this one more? That kind of thing. And she, her response was that one child loved getting their picture taken and the others didn't. And she said, it has nothing to do with, with you know, uh, which one's adopted, which one's not, or me loving one child over the other. It's just a matter of 
you know, I'm usually the one that takes this child to this event. And so I take pictures while I'm there and the dad is with them and the dad doesn't post as much on Facebook or doesn't take as many pictures or a lot of it is just a situation of circumstance and the child's personality. I know I have kids who, you know, one of mine, if I say, hey, smile for a picture, you know, they're going to smile and not complain. But then the other two are going to say, you know, oh, I don't want to take a picture and, and they hate it. And if you go through my Facebook, you'll see, you know, one versus the other. So I definitely think that is a lot of it. Um, but I'm not going to say that it doesn't happen, that there are fa- families that preference or favor um, the bio kids compared to the other. And I, but I think a lot of that comes down to how well they've been able to attach to their kids, how much investment they've put into it. Um, mental health is just is so important because it's very easy for us, particularly parents who have multiple children, to invest the same amount with all of their kids. And it gets to the point to where, you know, as unhealthy as it is, we will withdraw from things. I've had moments in my life where, you know, if one child was having some considerable issues and I was constantly there to help pick up pieces and things that it was, it was hard for me to be there, you know, and I'll, I'll accept that I'm human. You know, I don't, I'm not a perfect parent, but there were moments where I felt myself withdrawing as far as connection and attachment and relationship, because I just, I felt like I couldn't emotionally handle some of the things they were going through. And of course, that's not right as a parent, we need to be there, but we also need to understand that we have limits too. So I think there's, there's just too many factors, too many variables to say with certainty one way or the other. But I do believe that there is potential for for families to favor whatever their reasoning may be. Um, it, you know, it may be that the parent adopted and it was really hard and they did a good job, but then they had bio kids and it just came so much easier. Um, yeah. And it was, it was, it didn't take as much energy. It didn't take as much mental energy or emotional energy. It didn't take as much sacrifice. It was just, and two, depending on the personalities, maybe that adopted child um, was a bit more, um, you know, higher maintenance, if you will. And the and the yeah. bio child was just easier going. You know, hopefully, there's, there's a lot of- I was going to say, hopefully there's no adoptive child listening to this, cry, <laughs> bawling their eyes out. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> that was my experience <laughs> anyways yeah I and I will say you know it's one of those things that as much as we don't want to hurt feelings as much as we don't want to you know to you know no one likes to talk about the hard things but I think it's important to understand that that reality is reality you know we we can't yeah, just it is what it is it. you know it, yeah And so, you know, I've talked to a lot of parents where they feel really badly because of, you know, a thought that they had or emotion they had. Um, A lot of parent, adoptive parents struggle with regret, you know, and it's, it's just a reality. It's, it's, it doesn't mean you're a horrible person. It means that 
you found that you have limits that you didn't realize you had before. And rather than to ignore those and to hide those, let's address them and let's see what we can do to alleviate those feelings. And yeah. so it's just one of those things that it's a reality. It, it, as an adoptive parent who knows what it's like to adopt kids with difficult problems that they face, difficult hurdle, hurdles, difficult histories, um, I know how hard that can be. I mean, it is, it is grueling. It is difficult. Secondary trauma that parents, that adoptive parents face and feel and, and suffer through is, is a reality. That doesn't minimize or erase the trauma that adoptive, that adoptive kids carry with them from, you know, early trauma and attachment, attachment disruption. One doesn't erase the other. Um, but I think it's important to acknowledge the reality of both, you know, that this is what happens, but we don't just ignore it or run from it. We embrace it and say, you know what, this is, my feelings are valid. My emotions are real. What can I do to, to help overcome this? What can I do to address this? And we do, we, the first step is to acknowledge that and to find people who can help us, you know, mitigate those emotions, whether we're an adoptive parent or an adoptee, um, dealing with those feelings to acknowledge that, because I, I would assume, and any, you know, you and any other adoptees welcome to correct me or to, um, to expand on this, but I would assume that there are a lot of adoptees out there who have felt, you know, not favored by their parent because of a bio sibling. Um, and so, um, I don't want to, you know, discount that. I don't want to say that that's not real. I think it's definitely a reality that is present. Um, but it's a, a lot of it comes down to how we respond to those things. Yeah. I mean, my mom didn't have any natural kids, so <laughs> I don't, I, I personally don't have that experience. Um, I can only observe <laughs> other families and, yeah, we'll have uh, to have somebody on the on the show to. Um, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I would love to have the parent and an adoptive, well, also and a and a natural child. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be great if we could have all three, but I think maybe yeah. ideally one at a time. So, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I really do think answers are different when you're around your family versus mm-hmm. when you're not <laughs> right um but yeah I I find all of that fascinating and hopefully um you know this is not just something that's interesting but educational too because I I think it's something that needs to be talked about more and, yeah. and not in like a like oh let's like let's talk about this secretly you know Uh because I I kind of I know that you have people who you started off with saying like they're very forward with their questions on Mm -hmm. you know natural versus adoptive um but I, I in my experience people are afraid to ask me questions or they start off with I don't want to offend you or like I don't Mm -hmm. want I I don't know if this is an appropriate question I appreciate them like starting off with that but also like I don't want them to feel like they can't ask me questions so 
usually right. from the get-go I'm like ask me anything honestly I'm not timid like mm-hmm. just because I'm adopted doesn't mean like you I'm know, Lily, sensitive I yeah I think that's a an interesting parallel that you just made about our experiences and how they differ with the the forward and direct questions that I've gotten as an adoptive parent um, and the hushed kind of a lot of caution um, added to, to um, you know, uh, asking you about your experience. Yeah, I think people don't want to hurt think, my feelings. And I'm like, right. and I think, okay, just to, yeah. And I think part of it is that for so long, adoptees have not been part of the conversation because of this, this idea of, we've got to protect them we've got to we can't you know we've got we can't talk about this in front of them we can't and go ahead i was gonna say it's interesting though because i don't think people realize that they already have an understanding of adoption trauma like i i i don't think anybody identifies that as a term and that's something that i really want people to understand like yes it's okay to ask questions but also the reason why you probably are afraid to ask me is because of something that in the adoption community we call it adoption trauma and that's something I didn't know about until Mm -hmm. I was like 19 20 I wish I had known about it earlier Mm -hmm. sooner because like my entire life that's what I experienced and I didn't know that's what I was experiencing my response to it was different when I was a kid Mm -hmm. I would just like put it to the side like I don't know why I'm feeling these feelings so push them away because they're bad (laughs) and like just move Mm -hmm. forward in life but it you know eventually that did hit me it doesn't happen I don't I I, in my experience it I don't think it happens with every adoptive child Mm -hmm. um but then again, maybe it does, and they just don't realize their response to it. Um, yeah. But you, that we can save that for another episode. What is adoption trauma? But we've been talking about it in every episode, yeah. basically. So. Right. Well, and yeah, it's the just that sense of of loss and confusion, and you know, where's my place in the world? Who am I? Um, kind of thing. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I have really struggled with in trying to protect my, my kids who are adopted is kind of the world's, well, I'll say the world, but societies, how they treat adoption. Like, I mean, I mean, you even, you can go to the, the, any store or something and you see little funny things on on wall art or cards or something that's like, you know, surprise you're adopted, you know, but as a, as a, uh, the as jokes. an insult, you know, or like, yeah. an insult, you know, um, you know, like you hear about siblings telling each other, you know, Oh, you're adopted, you know, our, you know, you're not a real part of this family or, um, or things like that. And then any movie, like, I'm just, I think I didn't notice it because I wasn't in this world, but like going back and trying to watch some old movies with my kids that I remember laughing at or whatever. Like, do you remember Problem Child? I don't know if you remember that movie. This it, it, the, with the, the the annoying kid. 
Yeah, and it like does that's really bad. Gosh, <laughs> was I was like, really little when those movies came out because there's multiple, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's several of them, but like you know, <laughs> he puts roaches in the salad and he turns the the game up at the at the carnival so that the people spin so fast and they puke on everybody. Yeah, that... He's doing all of these things, but if you and so I remember just thinking that movie was so funny when I was little and I decided one day I was going to watch it with my kids and like immediately felt regret because from the get-go of the movie he's like at this orphanage and there's like these nuns and it's you know they're talking about all the baggage that adopted kids come with and like it just it just paints adoption as this awful thing that where you know kids are discarded and they just bring so much you know you know, trouble to your home. And it just, I just remember looking at it thinking, this is awful. <laughs> like this is, this is horrible, but it communicates and, and I immediately turn it off. Watch. Yeah. Right. But like, if you go back and look pretty much any movie, like in the nineties or whatever, and you look at, I think the only thing I can think of that was kind of a, a sweet adoption story was like Orphan Annie, <laughs> you know, like, um, but like if you go back and you look society just has this idea on adoption that is very negative and i and i'm not trying to say that we need to paint adoption as as you know all positive and you know butterflies and wonderful you know unicorn stories because yeah. it's not it involves pain and ugliness and but we can't i think we've got to work on how society treats the topic of adoption yeah um, I also think that mental health has come a long way in the last like even just 20 years but like it's a fairly it, I still think it's very developing still um and I'm sure it always will be but I I just think I mean, how long has adoption trauma been a term that we use? And it, it's it's a fairly new study. Like, I, I don't think there's a lot of therapists yeah. out there yet that specialize in adoption trauma. Um, my therapist mm-hmm. <clears throat> definitely didn't. Um, so I, it, it was kind of new for her to hear from me about my experience. Um so I, I understand that like society had a lot of jokes about adoption, you know, 50 years ago or, or less. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I do think, um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little bit more understanding of the past, even though like, Mm -hmm for me, my, the, my experience with all the jokes were kind of like, well, that sucks. <laughs> like, that's not my experience. Um, yeah. and, and so like, but I was able to turn that into a joke. Like anytime I was around, you know, my cousins who are, you know, all white, <laughs> I, I uh-huh. we would introduce ourselves to people because, you know they would wonder like oh are y'all friends how do y'all know each other I'd be like oh no we're cousins and they were adopted (laughs) you know I would we would make that joke with people and then we would never tell anybody the truth because it's just funnier left that way you know instead of Mm -hmm. you know like oh 
she's the adopted one obviously because she's brown you know we just wouldn't talk about it because like it wasn't important we just thought it would be hilarious um yeah so yeah you know turning that like a possible trauma into a joke like um but yeah I really do think it's it's still a fairly new thing with the the way mental health is going today and then Mm -hmm. you know the adoption community being more outspoken um I, I think we still have a long way to go so yeah definitely have a long way to go I think um just to get rid of stigmas about things um which that that's a whole another topic but um yeah I love that you you talking about you know the the your your cousins were the ones that were adopted and um it's interesting to me the how far we still have to go in society in so many different areas you know not just mental health but just how we treat people like yeah in general (laughs) I just I'm constantly amazed it may amazed maybe is not shock and awe is probably better but just the the way that you see some people treat other people today um it just it it surprises me that we are still struggling with some of the things that we still struggle with um like, you know, I, I follow a lot of adoptive um, parents on TikTok and adoptees on TikTok. And just, I love seeing kind of what they're doing and what they say, their experiences. But the number of transracial adoptive families, you know, where there's, you know, a, a person of color as a parent or in a white child or vice versa, um, the number of videos they have of responses from people in public, you know, um, particularly when it is a person of color as the parent and it's a, a white child as the child um, that for whatever That's reason, not very common, <laughs> right. It's not as common. And, you know, there's this one mom on TikTok. I remember watching one of several of her videos actually where and so many times she's been challenged by people in public while she's with her child that that's not her child um you know questioning her as if she had kidnapped him or something and she talks she was talking about how you know it's one thing if you have that concern and that thought or whatever like great look out for people but just because of the color of their skin and she talks about how her child is undergoing additional trauma because of the people questioning the legitimacy of of that bond. And that to me is horrible. That's dangerous and sad. And like, you know, people should consider that, you know, um, I mean, you, there's, there's certain cues you can look for, you know, does the child look content as the, you know, are they screaming, Hey, you're not my mom. <laughs> you know, like, I think there's, there's things we can look there, but just in general, how we treat people um, that look different from us that, their family's yeah. makeup may be different from ours. I, I think there's, that's pretty, I feel like that's loaded because there's a whole fear culture with parents and maybe even pe- people who aren't parents. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of fear around children and abductions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I was talking to somebody, one of my coworkers about Disney world and he was like, yeah, but like, 
Disney doesn't talk about all the abductions that happen. And I'm like, dude, that the possibility of a child being abducted at Disney World is pretty low considering it's like a hundred dollars for a one day ticket to one park um Uh you know the price is actually it fluctuates it's a little more than a hundred dollars so i'm like also disney has high security cameras all of your um tickets that are wristbands like they're tracking Mm -hmm. you throughout the park so i mean and also you have to put your fingerprint and a lot of parents will do their fingerprint they'll scan their child's band but it'll be their fingerprint that gets their child into the park because they're like you know Mm -hmm. if they want to lower the chances of abduction or you know the kid being able to go to another park which they're far apart anyways anyways you know like this he just had this fear of or, or this idea that like this high security place i'm like I get being afraid, but I also, I think there's this, there's reality and then there's our fear world. <laughs> um, and so anyways, I kind of rabbit trailed off that, but um, <laughs> I, my point is, I think people assume things because one oh, prejudice, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think that's a very, like a very real thing that we need to talk, talk about like this this chocolate woman with this vanilla child but right. why would she be abducting is it because she's black like do mm-hmm. people assume it's because she's black uh, that's my mm-hmm. that's where i go because like i'm brown and <laughs> like i've right. experienced I, I won't say that i've experienced discrimination but i've i have experienced people looking at me funny i don't know, know if it's because i'm brown but like it's just being the only brown person in the race. room it's kind of hard <laughs> what'd you uh-huh. say it's because you act weird <laughs> <laughs> it probably is that at the end of the day yeah. <laughs> um i don't deny that <laughs> um but no i i you know just there, i feel like there's so many factors um and yeah we do have a long way to go um as far as society and educating ourselves but um i think it's interesting that you said um why would that person abduct that child and then you said is it because they're brown i think that's that's one of the important factors there is when we look at people who are different when we see these non-traditional families transracial families adoptive families and we see those differences that are obvious there rather than you know, what is our assumption? Do we immediately assume they adopted or do we immediately assume they abducted? And if we immediately assume that they abducted, what's our reasoning behind that? Is it just because of the color of their skin or is it because of their behavior and because of what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, so what's the reasoning? I mean, I, I, I don't know anybody who's abducted a child, <laughs> but my assumption is that if I, that if someone's going to abduct, abduct a child, then they're not just going to like parade them in public. They're going to, you know, like, <laughs> I just, like, like, I don't know. Like, I, well, I, no, I think, I, in I, that happens I think but like, depending on how young the child, I, I, I think there have been abductions that happen in broad daylight and, you know, obviously the kidnapper wants to act as chill as possible. Um, I, I understand the whole fear because like, children are precious and we want to protect them 
but mm-hmm. you know i i think there are ways to go about it other than like just right off the bat assuming because they're different colors something's not right that makes no sense i i, I nannied yeah. for years and um you know a couple of my children or a few of my children were white so anytime we'd go out I think the assumption was always that I was the babysitter but there'd be a couple of times where somebody would be like oh your child is so cute and I would just say thank you (laughs) um just because I'm like you know I've got to protect my child so I'm just gonna pretend like you know for a moment with this stranger yeah thank you (laughs) and go on going about the day um because I you know I also as the babysitter I don't want to think I mean I I don't want people to think oh she's a babysitter so it'll be easier to snatch this child I don't know I just (laughs) like I said there's this whole fear world so we kind of have these defenses go up that I don't know um but yeah I just I just there that well you brought up um social media and or or influence I don't know if they're influencers but people on TikTok adoptive parents Uh I my initial thought as an adoptee is like I wish adoptive parents were not on TikTok talking about their children (laughs) in in uh, not in like not in a snooty way <laughs> right but it's more... caused a lot of problems though like I, like people i think there are a lot of i think some of it well a lot of it probably comes down to intent why are you doing this are you doing it to get more followers because you've got the cute adoption story and um yeah there's this one particular couple and i know other adoptees will immediately know who i'm talking about but they they're a white couple who adopted a black child and um in some of their videos they joke about like uh you know like oh does the father know (laughs) that's not his Uh natural child because the assumption is the mother had the child um but it's they both adopted that child and so many people have commented on their content saying like hey that you need to take this down it's not funny to joke about your child's race in this mm-hmm. way because one day this kid's going to grow up and and resent you as a parent mm-hmm. um which we don't know if that's true but like as a brown person in a very white dominated place <laughs> in mm-hmm. country um yeah i probably wouldn't appreciate my mom making jokes like that um right i and then i too, just there were, i don't there was a, a family that and i don't remember i don't remember who it was but there was a family a while not too far back but they basically this mom had gotten famous through her adoption story and um I think she had this, you know, YouTube channel and all this stuff and was on social media and um, all this, you know, about her child, but ended up um, having, and I don't remember the circumstances, but basically I think the adoption was dissolved and the child was, was, a, was readopted by another family that did um, go through like a second chance adoption or something like that. Um, and 
basically this this person her world just kind of fell apart because every you know the entire world came at her you know as an adoptive parent who is very familiar with cases where adoptions have had to have had to be dissolved which is a horrible thing no i don't think any parent is wanting to dissolve their adopt no one adopts thinking well if this doesn't work out i'm just going to boot the child like that's not that's not the no i think i know who you're talking about and they're they were just an influencing family and that adoption story Mm. really got them a lot of traction and what people didn't see behind the scenes was that that child was actually causing problems not just with the parents but with the other kids and that's when mm-hmm. that's when you start thinking okay when when do i start thinking of the safety of not just that child but the other children too and like Bye. i, I cuz i think i i watched one of their videos cuz i was thinking initially like that's horrible what kind of family is this uh-huh. but then like she really was trying to explain there were a lot of things that we didn't show on camera because you know why would we do that mm-hmm. but people were like why why would you show the child to begin with you should have never <laughs> and and that's why i i'm i right. tend to go with the like yeah why are you influencing don't show your adoptive child i mean you have celebrities who are like hiding their children's faces for a reason um mm-hmm. and i'm like why why can't we do that with our adoptive kids even, even yes, that, our that, natural kids that should not be your claim to fame <laughs> Right. Yeah, your adoption story should not be your claim to fame. Like, I, I get exactly. it. It's sweet. It's it it sells. It sells in TV. It sells in you know we're interviewing this mom who adopted these five kids from Ukraine and, and whatever it's it's going to be. It's it makes for a nice news story, but people don't realize how it affects those children. Yeah. Um. And and yes, the reality is there are adoptions that are dissolved. Most often than not, it's not just because the parent adoptive parents wanting to be, you know, mean or, or doesn't want to do it anymore. It's generally because they've reached their limit. They they you know, they they don't know what to do anymore. A lot of times, uh, particularly if it's an older child that's gone through considerable trauma that's acting out on that trauma. And there's other children at home. You know, I, I personally know a family that had some issues with and rehome two different children because of things like that because of um yeah some sexual abuse that was going on and some physical abuse that was going on the safety wasn't they weren't able to provide the an adequate level of safety in their home and so that they had to go to this last resort option which is sad and horrible but it's it's real you know um but yeah the i think the the celebrity culture within adoption is very dangerous yeah, I, I, I personally cannot watch um, adoptive parents online, particularly the ones that are like showing their children and making, not just making like racial jokes, but like just making jokes in general with their adoptive kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's okay for an adoptive kid to make a joke about their own adoption, but it, I think we have to draw the line (laughs) like the kid's not grown yet they're not going to be fully developed mentally until they're in their 20s like Mm -hmm. let's wait till they're in their 20s to maybe talk about them in depthly or i mean i guess you could talk about them but like don't show them like i just think that's 
that's a poor decision. Well, I think it, it, it objectifies them. And going back yeah. to our original conversation that we started with, I think that it delegitimizes their sense of belonging to that family when they are a tool for my parent to be famous or a tool for my parent to get followers and likes on social media. Yeah. Um, I think that it's very possible that they will internalize that in a very unhealthy way. Um, and as parents, we need to be very cautious about that. Yeah. Well, Lily, I think we are at our time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I will actually work on seeing if I can track down someone um, that I think would be a great um, person to talk talk to about this yeah. idea of bio versus adoptive. And um, why don't you find me an adoptee? <laughs> um, I think it'd be fun to, <laughs> I know, to have I know so many. So. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, well, um, thanks for joining us today. Listen in in our next episode. And if you have any questions or comments, concerns, or ideas for future topics, let us know. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Um, So y'all have a great uh, rest of your day, rest of your night, rest of your week, whatever it may be, whenever you're listening.